Hey, hey, it's the Productize Podcast. My name is Brian Castle. Thank you for tuning in today. You're going to hear my conversation with Barbara Turley. She's the founder of Virtual Angel Hub. And we did a deep dive in today's conversation all about how to outsource to virtual assistants and bring virtual assistants into your business. But as always, we don't really just talk about those best practices, which Barbara is clearly the expert on this. We did a deep dive there, but I also wanted to understand how she's been able to build and grow Virtual Angel Hub from just herself and managing some VAs into a powerhouse with a team of over 70 virtual assistants in the Philippines and growing at a tremendous clip. We talked all about how she manages the pipeline, the systems and the tools, the software tools that they use, how she delegates to the team, how she's built her management structure around her to give her freedom to be able to be at home with her nine-month-old child while also managing this fast-growing online business. Just a tremendous story and so many insights. We really did a deep dive into all the systems and processes. And some people may think that stuff is boring, but really at the end of the day, if you're going to grow an operation that can truly run without you and build into a well-oiled machine, you're going to need to learn how to delegate and learn how to build the systems and put people in place and learn how to manage and work with those people. And so nobody knows this better than Barbara. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Barbara Turley from Virtual Angel Hub. Enjoy. Okay, I'm here with Barbara Turley. Barbara, thanks for coming on. Great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you and, and kind of learn about your story, but also your company, Virtual Angel Hub, where you kind of focus on matching people up with virtual assistants. I mean, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong. How do you uh, describe it? Yeah. So often, you know, a lot of people think that the main game in what I'm in is matching people up with virtual assistants. And while that is a part of what we do at Virtual Angel Hub, I guess, I originally started out doing that and very quickly I realized from a lot of the failures that happened that one of the biggest problems people have with outsourcing is that they actually don't know how to outsource or they don't even know how to run a virtual team, how to delegate. So Virtual Angel Hub really what we now do is we recruit, train and manage virtual assistants in the Philippines, but we also train the client And then we back them up with success coach programs, um, internal support hubs to make sure that both VA and client get success together, the client in their business and the VA with their career. I love it. Yeah. It's not just, we don't just give you a VA and then off you go. You actually get an entire team behind that VA and we keep pushing ideas to your business. Predominantly in the digital space, we're really starting to niche now into social media content management systems automation using systems like Entreport and Fusionsoft. We have specialist teams that do those and build funnels. So that's the direction we're we're going now. I thought that was really interesting while I was kind of researching you here. It's, I mean, it's not just about, because there's a lot of like kind of VA matching companies. And then of course, folks can go to like Upwork and kind of figure it out for themselves and spend hours and hours sifting through applications as I've tried unsuccessfully to do. But having that training piece, both for, I guess you train VAs, but you also train the business owners themselves and you work with them. I think that's a really interesting model. Yeah. And, you know, we've had some clients that have come in and actually said, and there is one testimonial on our site that they've said that the training alone, which is not very long, it's three or four simple videos 
But the training alone, in their opinion, has been worth every penny, even without the VA. So it's been a game changer for their business, just showing people how to create systems, processes, and essentially fire themselves from their business. So before we really kind of dig into the backstory here, like what does it look like today? Can you give us any sort of sense in in terms of like the size of the company, how many people or however you would measure that? You know, the business is at a stage now where we have almost 70 people in the Philippines. Um, So it's a pretty large team and we grew very, very fast. We're three years old now, but we, we spent, look, the first year, I'll be honest with you, was kind of a bit of a disaster and we'll get into that later. But we've spent the last 18 months, we built our internal training program for VAs and our you know, getting this success model going. And where we're at now is that we have a very high success rate. So we focus on the success rate of both VA and client. We're not interested in churning through clients, taking anyone. Our recruitment model is extremely hard to get through. So all that sifting through VA resumes, I'll give you a clue for every hundred applications we get, we might hire two or three. That's how difficult it is to find the needle in the haystack that we're looking for. Um, So today where we're at, we're really moving on to, I would say, phase two, I call it VAH 2.0, where we're now, I guess we're growing up as a company and we're, we're, you know, we're bringing on everyone in the Philippines now is going to be uh, getting full benefits from us. We're making them all employees. We're providing healthcare. You know, we have a company in the Philippines now. So we're really at that stage of, you know, it's an exciting time. It's a little bit stressful. There's a lot of legal stuff going on. Um, but I'm really excited about the future because we can really grow to two, three, four hundred VAs from here. And our mission really is to eradicate overwhelm for entrepreneurs, particularly in the digital, when they're trying to get their online strategies moving. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to think that you're just starting that growth phase now, but you're already at a team of 70, which is which is crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like my, my company over here, like we're about, I don't know, 13 or 14 people spread out and three of them are in the Philippines. But I'm getting a bit overwhelmed with that. I can't even imagine. But um, I, managing, I mean, I'll be honest with you, imagine, you know, I have 12 on my team. Now, obviously, a lot of those people work for clients, but, you know, we're heavily involved with all of them. And the learning for me in, in having so many people and caring about like all the HR issues and stuff that come up. I mean, we have we've had women have babies. We've had maternity leave. I mean, all these things I never thought I'd have to to cope with. Um, you know, and now we, we you know, we, someone's house burnt down a few weeks ago. And, you know, we've had tragedies happen. We've had exciting things, marriages. So it's been an amazing journey so far. So can you tell me a bit more about uh, how the business model works today in terms of like, what does a client see? How do the pricing packages work? And is it like a one-time fee or are they ongoing working with you guys? What does that all look like? Yeah. So essentially, like I said in the beginning, we were recruiting VAs and, you know, I was testing out that model and I thought... Look, I'll be honest with you, I was actually a business coach, had a totally separate business. I was doing a bit of business coaching and I had a few online programs myself. So I have a platform called Energize Wealth, which is kind of paused at the moment, but I'm I'm looking to potentially get that up and running again. It's a content platform basically for ambitious women who want to create wealth and impact. And I had an online TV show and I, you know, I was having a podcast and I did lots of content over there. And then I was doing some consulting on the side and I realized that all the clients I was coaching Like the number one problem they actually had wasn't that they didn't have enough ideas or know what to do. They just had no time. And I had had a few VAs myself. So I thought, well, I'll just get some VAs in here. So I was basically recruiting my VA's friends to come in and help the business owners I was working with just so we could free up some time so that we could actually work on the big stuff. 
And before I realized it, I was getting calls from friends of theirs saying, hey, look, I don't need a business coach right now, but can you get me one of those VAs? So uh, there was one week, I think I was on holiday and my brother was with me and uh, I said, do you reckon there's a business in this? So we started out with this recruiting thing and I was just charging a recruiting fee and it was very much a side gig. And then I did a webinar. This is, I mean, this is for people listening who might be starting out. I and mean, this is a very interesting story about pivoting and about knowing when to kind of jump into something new. I decided to put a webinar on and I spent no money on Facebook ads. It was the, I think it was the most successful webinar I'd ever put on at that stage. I had 180 people sign up, which doesn't sound that much, but from just people sharing it and not putting much effort in, an organic, you know, side gig with no website, no name, nothing. It was just like, hey, do you want to learn how to successfully outsource? Um, and I got 10 buyers off that. And all of a sudden we went into panic mode going, oh my God, we need to recruit people. So that's why the first year was a bit of a mess because I didn't start it with a plan. I just literally went, okay, bang, we're now in this business. And we, we had to come up with a name. We had no website, but honestly, we didn't even bother with a website for about four months because not one person ever said to me, what's your website address? So tip number one for anyone starting out is don't worry about the website, just get something. Yeah, you don't even need the site. Yeah, just get something people want to buy, right? So it's so true, like outsourcing or really just the whole recruiting process and assembling the right team members and pre-vetting. There's so much value in that, really, no matter what space you're in. I mean, you know, virtual assistants, but in a way, like in my business with audience ops, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing where we're assembling the content team and we handle the whole process for you. And I hire services that allow me to eliminate that whole task of sifting through resumes, interviewing candidates, narrowing it down and then testing them out and then being disappointed, having to test someone new and, you know. Oh, the disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Can I just, I was just saying that first year, I think after about, within about eight months of launching it, I almost had a nervous breakdown and decided I was shutting this business down. And then I thought, no, let's just, you know, so we sort of fired half the staff and half the clients and started again. And so, you know, the model really is that we found that we were very successful in this sort of digital stuff because I have an interest there. Um, and we started to niche into that area and develop the training program and basically the productized part of what we do. So what we ended up doing is saying, well, rather than have because we started having people coming to us saying, hey, I need a bookkeeper. Hey, I need and there's all these different layers of VA that people were looking for. So the other thing is a VA, there's like a hundred different definitions of what a VA is. So I decided, well, rather than us try and fit that model, why don't we say, well, here's what we do. We do digital marketing, social media content management, and we, ha we developed all of our own processes. We have an internal training program that every VA has to go through. They learn all of our systems, all of our processes, and we give the entire package to the client. So they come to us and we say, well, look, if what we do fits what you're looking for, then we're right for you rather than the other way around. So we've actually packaged up what we do and we sell it as a monthly subscription service. So you can either subscribe to getting a level one VA, which is more like they are more general admin. They might be, might be good at Excel, Word, you know, people who just need help in an office environment. Our level two VAs, they do our social media content calendars. So anyone who does social media well knows that trying to manage the content calendar every month is a huge job. You know, all those images with quotes on them. and Oh, yeah. I know a thing or two about that. <laughs> yeah, snipply links and third-party content, all that stuff. Repurposing all your blog posts into social media, all that. Um, 
They also build landing pages. They can create webinars, manage your WordPress from a content perspective. So getting your blog post to look beautiful and nice the way Google wants it, you know, white space, bullet points, all that sort of thing. Those are our level two VAs. And then our level three package is all of that. They, but they're typically more techie people. They will be good at managing your Infusionsoft so, or your Entreport or your active campaign funnel builds. Now, they're not going to create the funnel for you or write the copy. But you know all the hooking up and getting Zapier to work properly with all your apps and getting things to work across the board? Those are our level three VAs, and that's what they do. So you sort of pick the package you want, and then behind each VA, we have, well, we actually have a full-blown help desk for the VAs, but we're going to change the name of it to an idea lab, because actually what it's becoming is VAs exchanging ideas and going, you know, hey, I'm doing this for my client has anyone else ever done this? And someone's like, yeah, don't use that app. This is crap. Use this one instead. So, and so that's like internal for your VAs to use? That's internal. And the clients don't, they don't participate in that? No, they're not in there. No, so it, it creates more free-flowing. They can actually get help. So they can say SOS, like my client's asking me to do X and I have no idea what I'm doing here. And then our help desk guys will come in and go, we'll collaborate with you. Don't worry, we've done it before and we'll all step in. Or I might step in. I definitely want to like dig into some of the tools and systems you're using. But kind of before we get into that, can you give us a sense of, of pricing and or pricing tiers or ranges of what clients can expect with this sort of thing? Actually, this is an interesting question because being totally transparent with everyone on the show, by the time this show goes live, I think that we will have moved to multi-currency pricing. So at the moment, I would predict a lot of your listeners are probably maybe in the US or, well, you probably have global, but... Well, yeah, they're they're really all over the place. Um, So we're recording this right around June, like end of May, June into early June. I think we're probably going to publish it maybe in July or August, something like that. Ah, interesting timing for me because I think we're going to move to multi-currency pricing because we're getting a lot of clients in the US right now. We're putting on... Uh, so we're, I'm based in Australia. Obviously, the Philippines is where we run from. So our level one VAs are priced at Australian $10 per hour. Um, our level twos are $12 per hour and our level threes are $15 per hour Aussie. So I think, and you know, don't quote me on these pricings because it depends on exchange rates, but our our pricing is typically between about seven US, 750 US and about 12 US dollars per hour. And you package it, right? So like, like they're kind of like full-time VAs? Yeah. So we specialize in dedicated staff. So they very much, we don't do, hey, I just need five hours work at this stage. It may be something we may do down the track, but I'll be honest with you, it's quite hard to manage that. And I don't know from a business model perspective, if it's it's a profit model that's hard to run. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just easier to buy like a block of like a month or multiple months. And then you don't have to think about like, well, how much, how many hours is this task going to take? How many hours is that going to take? Just send your stuff along. And I think, you know, it's been an exercise in our, in our customer avatar as well. We're really looking for businesses that are looking to grow, scale, most of our clients are now getting putting on second and third VAs, building teams with us. That's kind of where we want to play. So people are really taking this seriously. So who are like some of the most ideal clients for you at this point? Yeah. So we've got three main places that we play. So we've been very successful with marketing agencies. So if you think about it, you know, I mean, just like what you're doing in some of your businesses, Marketing agencies, they've realized that where where time gets eaten up is in the implementation of things. So a lot of agencies have come to us and we actually back them up. So we become the team behind them implementing 
the stuff that, you know, some of the social media stuff they're doing for clients, etc. So that we go really well with smaller marketing agencies. So like a single agency, I assume they have lots of, they're running multiple clients. So they just hire like a group of VAs through you guys? Or how does that work? Yeah, they may usually some of them start with just one and then they build and they realize, oh, I can take on more clients if I have more VAs. So they, they start to realize oh, this model's working really well for me. And the beauty about that is that we like that because those guys know what they want. They typically are good at delegating because they have their own processes or they use ours. They know how the model works and then they deal with the clients who we probably wouldn't get success with or a client that wouldn't get success with a VA on their own. So that works really well for us. The second type of client is you know, we've got a lot of Entreport or Infusionsoft consultants who only want to be consultants. You know, some people don't want to run teams. They just want to be their consulting business. And what they find is the clients they're working with, they get more success with those clients if that client has a VA. So here's how this model works. And anyone who's a consultant listening to this will recognize this. Consultant gets on call with client. VA is on call as well. Consultant develops the strategy, delegates all the tasks, kind of drives the VA, the VA implements, and then a week later they come on and all the work has been done. And the client is on the call with them, but they typically are only there to kind of go, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, yeah. And they get on with their day. So it works very well because the consultant will get faster results with their clients. Because as consultants know, the biggest problem is the client not getting the work done. So either you have to implement and you end up doing it then as a consultant and it becomes expensive. And then the VA or, or like the engagement with you guys, is that through the consultant's client or the consultant? Usually it's through the consultant. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes we have, like I know a few consultants that have done this with us and they typically know our VAs. So they know what we can deliver. But yeah, the, the engagement is usually with the client really, but the consultant can as well through the VA. And then our third avatar is the business owner who... It doesn't matter if they're a startup, that's okay, as long as they're realistic about allocating money to this, because it is a person that you've got to pay every month. But typically a business that either has a fairly developed online strategy already or wants to get that moving, and they either have a strategist or they know what they're doing themselves, because a VA is not going to create strategy for you, let's be honest. They're very good at implementing stuff for you. I remember years ago when I was starting my previous business, I kind of made that mistake of hiring a VA before I was ready, right? Like I I was super busy. I was, you know, juggling so many different balls and projects. And I thought that having a VA would help, but it only made even more work. No, it creates more work. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I realized like having those like repeatable tasks ready to delegate made it a lot easier. Yeah. Look, Tim Ferriss wrote a great book that four hour work week was brilliant because it exploded the whole outsourcing thing for a lot of people. But let me tell you now, as you know, and loads of people have learned this the hard way. It's not like if your problem is you're overwhelmed and you've got too much on your plate, getting a VA is not the answer. You know, getting a VA can be the answer later, but you've really got to take a step back. And we tell clients this, like, are you prepared to slow down for two or three months before you can speed up again? Because getting a VA with no processes and no systems is like hell on earth. Because they come in and they go, hey, I'm ready to work. So what's happening? And they're waiting for you to delegate to them, but you don't have anything to delegate, only chaos. That doesn't work. So tell me about that onboarding process. I know this is a uh, this is something that a lot of services businesses, especially like productized services, I know we spent a great deal of time focusing on this this like first month experience for the client and optimizing that we've refined it so many times like what does the onboarding process look like for you guys 
I'm glad to hear that you say that you've had to refine it constantly because I think it's like an, an evolving process um, that never really stops. Like you learn by feedback from clients and what's needed. So where we're at today, and this has been really built from through client feedback. So we've got a massive feedback program. We invite all types and we say, look, you know, just give us warts and all. Is it terrible what's happening? And we've built a really solid process from that. So basically what happens now is when you first come in, you you have a call. It used to be with me, but I've now delegated that because I recently had a baby. So I've got a fantastic sales guy in Australia and somebody coming on board in Ireland, who's my brother, actually. So that's been great. So you get on a call with our sales person. And usually by the time people get on that call, we've got a few funnels running into that call because we don't really want everybody on there. We want people who are really, they've sort of digested something like this podcast, or they've learned some from some of our webinars or trainings. And then they go, okay, I feel like I'm ready now. I'm going to have this call. So our conversion rate's very high on the call because of that. So we sort of bring people in at that point. Then we obviously have built, um, look, I'm a huge Entreport user. I mean, yay to Entreport, anybody out there using that system. I just, I've built an entire powerhouse business on it. We've built an entire onboarding funnel. So people get a welcome email, they get access to our membership site and the training starts happening via video and membership site for the client at that point. And we make them wait because they put in their brief and we can't just get them someone tomorrow because our process is so deep. We, you know, we're always recruiting and our training programs are always running, but it usually typically takes about two weeks for us to get someone in front of you interview wise. But during that two weeks, we have found that it's better if we make people wait because we want them to get ready. And they find once they get that first video, they go, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, I've got a few things to do. And they actually say, I'm glad I'm not interviewing tomorrow because I'm not ready yet. They realize that there's a bit of work to do. We have a Facebook group they join. So we help in there with with helping getting the client set up. And then they get invited to book an interview and we introduce them to three candidates that we feel suit their brief. Um Usually people go, oh, my God, I don't know who to pick. They were all great because they've already been through our training program at that point, And we have coached them heavily on how to get success with the client and what we offer. Um, we're refining that even more. And then once they choose their VA, then they have a client onboarding call with our onboarding manager, the VA and the, the VA's success coach. So we have a success coach program that runs for the first three months when someone has a VA. And that entails one of our most senior rock star people will literally go in and it's not a hand-holding thing it's more like suggesting ideas and um, to do things better helping the VA to do things faster figure out you know time management with the client communication plans all the areas that fail so they're kind of like getting them off to a, a really strong start with the client yeah and we're developing that out even more so we're, we're we want that to be our sort of differentiating feature and we're investing a lot of money in that and then thereafter, you know, the, the clients have their own help desks. There's, and I do Facebook lives in there about how I'm using VAs. I give them tips and strategies and, you know, we, we discuss ideas in there. And that's been working really, really well. So it's an ongoing support system behind you the whole time. So what does it look like kind of behind the scenes? Like what are some of the tools that you're using? So one of the reasons that I think this has been successful for me, and again, I kind of accidentally learned this the hard way, you know, by, by breaking things and having issues in the beginning. But I, I was always very big into systems and automation. Um, my background, I came from investment banking. So where you're dealing with big global teams all the time and, you know, processes and things like that are kind of just second nature to you. So everything we do internally has a process. 
every time something fails, we simply say to ourselves, okay, how do we fix the process so that this doesn't happen again? Because holes in processes happen all the time. It's just part of business. Um, we process map. So we build step-by-step documents for each process. And then we process map them using tools like Lucidchart or Draw.io, which is a new one. I've used Lucidchart. I haven't checked out Draw.io. That's cool. Draw.io is actually free. So I believe that's free. So that's a fantastic one. Our team are loving that. So I don't build any of those things anymore. I built the first few, but our team now, we have a process for how to build processes. So that's a key tip I would give anyone, build your how to build a process first and then delegate it out. So that's number one, but we use a lot of systems. Um, Actually, sorry, we use as few systems as possible, but we try to get systems that do a lot of things. So this is another tip for anybody listening on systems. You can tie systems together, as you would probably know, you know, a lot of our active campaign users, for example, are stringing systems together using Zapier and things like that. I use Entreport. Um, and I mean, kudos to Entreport. I've been able to build pretty much everything using Entreport, a few zaps through Zapier. I use Asana heavily. Asana.com is a project management tool. Uh, we are massive users of Asana. It's been a lifesaver for the business. In Asana... I've used it before. I, I don't really use it actively today, but are, are you using that like team wide or is that just a personal use between you and like your personal group of VAs? That's a good question. So we encourage clients to use it, but we don't force them to use it because some clients come in and they're using Trello. So Trello is a favorite out there. Teamwork is another one or Podio is another big one that we do service as well. Uh, our only requirement of clients, we do say to them, A client who comes in and says to us, oh, I want to communicate by email, we'll actually turn them away because honestly, you will fail. Like it will fail or nine times out of 10, it will fail because most people can't manage task. Task management with a virtual team is very difficult via email. That's interesting. Like obviously we work in different businesses, but the way that we handle it is we do use Trello internally so that so everybody's working on our production board through Trello. Clients don't see that. That's just for us to use. And then we use Help Scout and we allow clients to just email us. Again, it's different businesses, but we we have a shared inbox to communicate with clients, but then our managers organize it internally in Trello. Yeah, now that's how we do it. So it depends how much. So we've got Zendesk. People put in support tickets and things like that. So we do use Zendesk actually as well. But I think the big kicker for us is that we've got, so we use Entreport, Asana, Zendesk, and Zoho People. Now, Zoho People is something unique to our business because it's a HR management. So we, and we use Time Doctor. Now, Zoho, we can do time tracking. So they've got to check in. It's like logging in for work. So we manage people's time as well, because you've got to make sure they show up for work on time and all that sort of gig. It manages things like our leave process. But the beauty about all these systems, we've been very careful with picking them because they all need to be able to talk to each other without us having to hire API developers and putting in weird systems. So with Entreport, with Zendesk, we've managed to integrate Zendesk through Zapier with Asana. So when a a ticket comes in, it shows up in our internal Asana. So the whole team can see what's going on, not just the customer service person. So sometimes I'll see a ticket coming in and it means that I can have full oversight over the entire business without me having to leave Asana ever. So everything comes in there. That's awesome. And so the client, like, are they working directly with their VA or is there a project manager or what does that look like? No, no, they work directly with their VA. So it is very much a person in your business. 
we try to encourage people to step up and learn to delegate and learn to manage their own person. But we just help in the background with that, with ideas and things. And we manage things like payroll, HR, the help desk, you know, sharing ideas, things like that. So they have their own asanas with their own VA in there. So it's only really my team that are in our big asana. We don't have a big company wide thing like we're not using Slack. We've made the decision not to go to Slack for now because it's introducing another system and Skype's we've got Skype groups and stuff and we're finding that works pretty okay for us at this stage. So those four systems Entreport has been amazing for us because we have managed to build you know it doesn't just do marketing for us. I mean we've built leave approval processes where all the VA has to do is enter the client's email and the date they want and it automatically sends an email to the client with an approve or reject button that comes back to us and filters through into Asana, into our systems. Into Yeah, we've managed to tie it all together really well. So it means that we don't need, in order to run like a well-oiled machine, and we have huddles every day where I lead the huddle and we talk about what's in there, basically. That's great. And then what does the management look like? So obviously there, there's you and, and you have the 70 VAs. You said that, what did you call them? Like, like super VAs or, or super coaches? or something? No, so we've got, so there's me and I'm... It's funny because I think when clients, and this is something I, I need to come out and talk about more, but I think clients think that I, I'm i not so visible because I don't do, look, I made a decision about a year ago that I actually don't want to be the face of the business. I love doing podcasts like this, but I'm my goal is I love building companies. That's kind of what I really want to focus on. So I don't do the sales calls anymore. Clients don't really have direct contact with me personally, but I see everything. So my fingers are on everything without me having to work loads of hours every day to keep an eye on things. And how we run that is like this. So I'm sort of, I guess, the leader of the business. Everything is in Asana. So all, you know, everyone has to put their instructions in there and I can see what's going on every day. And I offer guidance and mentoring to the team. That's how we run things. I've got an operations manager who is also kind of doing HR and recruitment at the moment. She's been fantastic at that. Um, I've got a client liaison manager who manages all of the, uh, she manages our support guy and she manages the client sort of relationship management, but also the onboarding process. So lining up the interviews, getting the VAs on there. She joins the interview with the client as well to manage logistics and just help out a bit with ideas. Those two are my key people. Then I have two master trainers. So two of my best guys, I used to run the training programs. I built all the training programs initially for the VAs. Now I have two master trainers that deliver that, that honestly are way better than me anyway, because they're just, they rebuilt it. They pulled it apart and rebuilt it for me. Yeah. And I imagine you have to keep those up to date as tools change and things. Yeah. Yeah. So they run all of that. They just adore that. And then we've got, so there's two of those guys and then they hand over to, we've got two team leaders uh, and we've got two success coaches at this point. Uh, those are the kind of, once people get through a training program, get through interviews and get hired by a client, they move over to, they get a team leader and a success coach. Then we've got a help desk team. So now some of the others also participate in the help desk. Uh, we've got a marketing girl who is absolutely, I got her off a client who, who didn't really know how to use her properly. And I just thought, thought, okay, I'm going to hire this girl because I think she's fantastic. And she honestly has been amazing for me. She comes up with the most clever ideas. So she's on my team. So I definitely want to get into marketing in a bit. I'm curious about, so, okay, so you have all these kind of people and team leaders in place and different departments, if you will. What does your typical 
work week look like? Or like the, obviously as the founder, CEO, we can all relate, but we've got a lot of things going on at any given time. I'm wondering about like, what are your routines look like in terms of running? Like, do you have a manager meeting every week or like, what does that look like? Yeah. So one of the things I know is vital for anyone listening. If you want to get this right, I just, you know, I, I wasn't doing this initially, but a daily huddle is just so important and it backed up by a solid weekly meeting where you have a clean, structured agenda. So the daily huddle for me, um, we have a few of them, but the one I'm in every day is the pipeline. Because obviously, you know, our business is, I mean, every business is about sales and keeping people moving through the pipeline is key for us. So on that call, there's my client liaison manager, my recruiter and my master trainers, because ours is a supply demand thing. So sometimes we're, we have more supply of VAs. So we got to push through the client interviews faster. Other times we've got to halt things because we don't have an entreport specialist that we need. And, you know. Oh, so when you say pipeline, it's more about recruiting and the team side. Yeah. So the sales guys looking at the leads coming in, how the funnels are working. And I have been successful at that. I actually talked to the team about this yesterday. I was trying to explain to them, you know, the way we need to kind of keep on this because I used to work on the trading floors in investment world. And I said to them like an hour and a half before the closing bell, you know, you look at your order book and you're like, well, I've got all this stock to move. Like I've got to get on this. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden the pace has got to lift and you got to start to get the sales guys on the phone, you know, get everything moving to try and move stock. And I said to them, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing, except we're sort of trading people, which sounds terrible, but you know, in order not to lose our best VAs, because if we make them wait too long for a client to sign and pay and get them into a job, they might go somewhere else after us training them. So you know, we've got to try and that's a huge part of what I do every day. Um, now, the rest of the stuff, I will be honest, I had a, I have a nine month old baby. So I gave birth last year. And one of the exercises I did last year, which, again, I would urge particularly women listening to this, you can run a powerhouse business without doing a lot every day yourself. So it's about learning how to delegate effectively and use your time effectively. So my day I look after my little girl in the mornings till one o'clock. The job I want to do the most is to be a mother. Um, And then I have a gorgeous nanny who comes to my house from one to five every day. And I do my work during that time. So we have our huddles. Um, I come up mainly marketing is my love. So I kind of come up with more of the marketing channels, our content marketing. And I deal with Michelle, our marketing girl, quite a lot. All the other stuff is managed by other people who just report to me. I love it. So I don't do a lot. It's <laughs> the truth. And five o'clock I finish. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And so this is kind of something that I know that a lot of people struggle with. I know that I continue to struggle with it is when you're managing a lot of people, especially a service-based business, there are always kind of unexpected fires that come up, whether it's a client complaining about something or somebody on the team dropped the ball and, and you need to kind of pick up the pieces. Like these things happen. And obviously we want to build a, a well-oiled machine with systems and processes and make things work in a very predictable way. How do you deal with the curveball? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The curveball and like getting things escalated to, to the top when the team doesn't really know how to handle a certain situation. How do you deal with that? Or, and like, have you been able to delegate that piece? Yes. So, well, I don't deal with the curve, but I guide on the curveballs. Now I used to, I'll be open and say that one of the feedback from my team, which I took very seriously and lots of founders and people leading teams will understand this, you know, like I used to get extremely emotional about it. So, cause we would have major screw ups, you know, like we would have VAs that 
forgot tasks that cost money for a client, or we'd have VAs that just go AWOL. I mean, that's a problem, you know, not so much anymore. We don't really get that anymore. But in the beginning, we had a lot of curveballs thrown at us every day. So I used to just blow up, go nuts, you know, like get very stressed, stay up all night stressing about it. These days, our approach is this, you know, we are in a people business. We get curveballs pretty much every day. Probably not every day anymore, but definitely a few times a week. And then there could be weeks that we get huge curveballs all in the one week. Our first step, I say to the guys, is don't hide it from me, right? Now, I'll see it because of the way our systems are set up. So when the ticket comes in, the complaint is either going to come onto our Facebook group or it's going to come via Zendesk because we have a very strict rule with the clients that we have two communication channels and that's it. So if you want to be heard, it's support ticket or Facebook group. Now, we've, we've had to enforce that with clients. There's no like sending an email to the success coach or whatever. And if one of them gets a personal email, the process is that you send it to Zendesk and we send them back a support ticket and, and we make it very clear that that's the way you communicate because otherwise we can't track things. Because yeah. what if somebody's on holiday and the email gets missed or whatever? So the clients have been very good with that, I have to admit, because on the onboarding call, again, we had problems with it. So how we fixed the process was on the onboarding call, our onboarding manager, Tintin, is very clear with the client about why we do that. So we don't just say, oh, you can only contact us by this. We say the reason being is because we track everything. We measure things. You know, everything is trackable within our business. And the only way we can do that is if you help us with that. Yeah. Something I've been like, like stressing with my team lately is like we want a documented history of everything that's going on for each client's case, right? So like if something gets escalated, which is routine and I encourage them to escalate it, I want to be able to go in there and see a Trello card or whatever and, and see like a history of the last four weeks and what led up to this. Yeah. So that was a really good thing for us. So being able to sort of centralize things, then it all comes into Asana so I can see it. And then our process is this. First step is to try to be unemotional. Now, you know, I still get emotional. I'll be honest with you. I still, one of my teams said to me the other day, again, she said, you know, you're just sort of doing it again. And I went, yes, I know I'm stressed out. So I, I really have to work hard on myself as a leader to stop doing that. My wife tells me the same thing. <laughs> she, she hears me in the next room. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult. But I, I do take very seriously. I encourage my team to give me personal feedback as a leader. And they have started to do that and they're scared to do it. But I, I always welcome it and say, yes, I take that on board. And they're always right. So, But our process is to try to be unemotional and then to try to fix whatever the problem is. First of all, we get in and fix it. So let's not stress about why it happened or blame anyone. We've got to fix it. So if a VA goes AWOL or is just not working out or is just making a total mess, just get in there, get on the phone to the client and let's get a, we put one of our team in. So I'll just say like, just put someone in there for a few days to get the tasks done while the rest of the recruiters in the background and the master trainers try and pick someone else up to get into that account. So it's like put out the fire is step one. Step two, let's review the process. How can we change our process or evolve it so that we don't have this problem anymore? So that might be in our recruiting process. It could be a personality trait that that person had. It could be the wrong client fit. So we, we try to eliminate this problem going forward. And this works really well, right? Honestly, this has been a game changer for us because we have hardly any support tickets these days or complaints. Our success rate went through the roof when we did this. So I'd encourage anyone to think about it that way. Um, and then also acceptance that you will have problems. It's just the nature of business. And as you grow, you're going to have problems. And that's it. That's awesome. And I've often found that like when these fires do come up, Yes, it pulls me into this kind of distraction that I didn't intend on dealing with today, but 
it can have kind of unexpected benefits. Obviously, you're going to improve your systems, but even from the client's end, like to, to see how we dealt with a mishap in a really effective and you know calm way, and we made it right very quickly, that often leads to the client sticking with us and referring other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've had clients come into our Facebook group and comment and just say, I just want to publicly say how amazing the VAH team have been. We had a major problem. They've stepped in. I was busy. I didn't even have to think about it. They just said, you don't worry about it. You get on with your day and let us deal with it. So that's our value proposition to clients as well. Because I always say to clients, you know, it's all great when things go great. So let's talk about when things go completely wrong because we're in a people business and you might be the person that gets the VA that is a disaster, right? So it's more about saying to the client, let's discuss what we do when things go wrong. Our goal is for us to step in and have as little interruption to your day and your business as possible. So I'll even take my team off projects that we're working on and I'll say, you go into that business because they're the most experienced people. You go in there and fix that, right? Just go in there. Don't worry about your time with me halt that project and go and fix that client's business. So we've done that and we'll do it for free. We just say to the client, just don't worry about it. And sometimes as like the business owner, it's kind of frustrating, at least to me, that like only the fires and only the problems are what get escalated to my plate. And it's like, I'm in some ways, I'm sometimes blind to all the good that's going on because it's quiet. Like I don't hear about, if it's going according to plan, then I'm usually not hearing it. How do you encourage them? How do you encourage your clients? Because this is something we also did. How do you encourage your clients to tell you when it's good? How we did this, because I wanted to hear more good stuff, because I was feeling so depressed at all the bad stuff. (laughs) You know, I know. So what we did was we said to the clients, okay, well, obviously it's a people business we're in. So we said, look, you know, if you think your VA is amazing, you need to know that your VA is under KPIs internally in our business because we manage the payroll. So if your VA is going great, then we need to hear about that because in their payment reviews, in their salary reviews and bonuses from us, how do we know what to remunerate and how to reward if we don't hear from you? So all of a sudden we got flooded with feedback because people who loved their VA were like, oh my God, I don't want to be the person who mean my VA not to get this pay because I didn't step up and give feedback. And we got all these glowing reports in that then ended up turning into testimonials on our website because we were like, do you mind if we put this on our website? And they loved it. So it's encouraging a feedback program that is both good and bad. Yeah. You know, I'm going to steal that right away. I'm glad I brought that up because I really have not thought about this until right now. It gives you tingles when you get it because you wake up in the morning and you see it and you go, oh, oh, wow. Like, I'm so happy. (laughs) You know, so we deliver content as a service. And so occasionally our happy clients will reply when we send an article and they tell us like, yeah, that was really good. We really like this one. And our managers do a pretty good job of like screenshotting their message and showing it in Slack, showing it to our team, showing it to the writers. So everybody kind of sees it. So I do see that, but it only happens occasionally. A lot of our clients, when they're happy, they're quiet, right? So Yes, exactly. So yeah, like if we had some sort of like rating system and and like, and and it would give us feedback that we could actually use to improve quality and all that. So here's a bit of a tip, right? I saw somebody using, there's a tool called customer thermometer. You know, when you get those emails where at the bottom of the email, it says, you know, how are we doing? And it has a smiley face and a sad face and a star. And all the client has to do is click a button and it gives you feedback and they can comment if they want. Now, it's a little bit expensive for small businesses because it's a monthly fee, but I'll tell you a little story. I sent it to Michelle, who's my marketing girl, and I sent her this and I said, can you look at this thing and see if we can implement this in our business? And she came back and she said, yeah, we can, but in order to do what you want to do, we need the more expensive part of it. 
So then two days later, she comes back and she goes, hey, I was chatting about this with one of the guys. And we've actually realized we can build this ourselves using JotForm, a couple of icons and a landing page. And they've basically built the same thing for nothing. <laughs> so anyway, but so that's a way of getting quick feedback. You can use something like that. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, before we start to wrap up here, uh, I want to cover real quickly, like your marketing and what does that look like today? How do you grow traffic? How do you drive leads in? What are kind of the funnels that have been working for you? Yeah. Okay. So referrals has been massive for us and, and I wouldn't, you know, referrals is great. And we don't, when I say referrals, I resisted doing a big affiliate program because I did that originally and it, I just found it really difficult to manage it. So I don't actually do that anymore. And we found that we were just getting organic referrals anyway. So happy clients tell other people. Business coaches that I don't even know have been talking about us because they've had a few clients that got success because they had a VA with us. So that's been a fantastic accidental channel. But in terms of our marketing, I'm big into content marketing. Um, I'm a believer that great content on your site does eventually bring organic traffic in. So we spent a long time building out a program and, and you'll find this interesting. I needed to build a content marketing program that didn't require me to write anything. So we have a podcast called Virtual Success, which has been very, very good in driving traffic to our site. And actually, I did a show on this about how to fire yourself from your podcast, which you might want to listen to, where basically all we do is record the podcast, drop it in Dropbox, and then there's an entire system behind that where it gets done, edited, put up on the thing, transcribed, put into social media calendars. And then one of my VAs, she's very good at this. She goes through the podcast and she repurposes it into blog posts without her having to write any content. So for example, she'll just say, you know, maybe I talked about four key tips to do something on the podcast and she'll turn that into a blog post about the four key tips and she might find a few stats or a bit of research to back it up and create a new blog post from it. So that's been one channel that's worked very well. Um, the other one is clients. When we get, let's say a client is with us eight weeks and we've had consistently good feedback, we've got a trigger that sends them an email to invite them to appear on our blog. And we send them just a simple questionnaire. And what we do is we promote their business. I actually picked this up from Dan Norris at WP Curve. He did that really well in the beginning where it was like free content because it becomes a blog post on our site, but it's actually an interview with our client. So it promotes them and us. <laughs> so to say that, social proof. So that's worked really well. And we're just trying to develop that out even further. The repurposing of the podcast has been big for us. Uh, we haven't done Facebook ads or anything yet. Uh, I think what we're probably going to do going forward is we want to start having a presence at some big conferences. So, for example, Digital Marketer would be a great place for us to be fishing for clients. So we probably should think about a trade stand or something and send one of my sales guys to something like that. You mentioned webinars. What What are you doing there? I used to do a lot of webinars. I haven't done one for a while now, but I'm probably going to get that going again uh, the one that works the best, being honest, is just simply saying to people, you know, the three top strategies to confidently and successfully outsource, you know, and we just teach them things like Asana, recurring task list systems, and then invite them to have a call with us because, you know, recruiting is a whole other task on top of that. So most people can't be bothered with that. Wow. Well, I, I mean, there's so much value here. I know I, I could just keep going and picking your brain about outsourcing and systems and everything, but um, I think we'll wrap it up here. Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's very early in the day for you there in, in Australia. So 
virtualangelhub.com is of course where you can learn all about Barbara's company and everything we talked about here but where else can folks can connect with you yeah look if people want to connect with me personally I tend to do that on, on LinkedIn so um, you can find out a bit more about some other ventures that I've been in so I'm I'm pretty big in the fintech investor space as well. I do some other cool stuff. So uh, yeah, on LinkedIn, you can catch me over there. Um, I do, I'm on Facebook and all these other places, but I'm, I got a VA to manage Facebook Messenger for me because honestly, you get flooded. It's become the new email mode over there. So I prefer not to do that, but I have a public profile on Facebook as well. So uh, those are the places you can catch me. Great. Well, uh, thank you so much, Barbara. And this has been really, really valuable. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Okay, that wraps it up. Did you enjoy this one? I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. You made it this far into the episode, right? So head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you're not on my newsletter yet, there's a lot more happening over there. And so you'll definitely want to get up to speed. You can join over on my site, castjam.com. Have a great week. Have a great week.